Hey, happy Tuesday and welcome back to the Coaching Minds podcast. First off, we just want to thank you guys so much for choosing to listen to this podcast, part of the mental training plan. And we just encourage you as you listen to these, just invite someone to come listen, share it with somebody. Very easy. Our smartphones have made it so easy for us to now just share a podcast or anything real quick. We encourage you to do so with someone that you think would benefit from this podcast or any of the previous 71 or so that we have done. Like I said, we are thankful that you are here joining us today. We have somebody that we're going to be talking with about leadership at the highest level at some of the most pressure situations, and that is Second Lieutenant Andy Sweet. Ben, I'm ready to get after it. Welcome to the Coaching Minds Podcast, helping you overcome obstacles so you can reach and achieve more. Here are your hosts, Ben and Zeke. Today joining us, we have the first and only high school state championship quarterback from Westfield High School. Uh, he's a second lieutenant in the Marine Corps. He's an officer, which makes up roughly 10% of the entire Corps, and his job is basically to lead the other 90%. He graduated USMC Officer Candidate School as Honor Man, attained the highest performance grade out of 300 other fellow officers at this 12-week course. The course is designed to train, screen, and evaluate potential candidates on their ability to lead Marines in combat. Roughly a 30% attrition rate at the course. Um, he, he will be attending basic school shortly where all USMC officers learn to lead and operate an infantry platoon before heading off to the fleet Marine Corps and then being deployable. Andy, thanks so much for being with us today. Of course, happy to be here. So let's go back to your freshman year. Um, you know, you're you're now coming into these quarterback meetings where you know a bunch of players had already been there for for four years. They already knew what was going on. You're kind of the new kid, and what was what was that like walking into a new program, not really knowing what to expect, and sort of being thrown into these high expectations? Mm-hmm, definitely, I was a. Uh... Felt like I was the new kid on the block. I didn't go to uh, the middle school or junior high like the rest of the quarterbacks and rest of the kids on the team. So I came in not knowing really a soul in there. And um, I felt like I had to prove myself and um, first off, prove myself as a teammate to the other guys and then um, show the coaches, you know, why I was there, that I cared, the work ethic that I had um, and kind of learn. it, It was definitely difficult coming in right away, but I had, I feel like I had to prove myself. And I'll be honest, you were the first quarterback that I ever felt like challenged me as a coach because everybody else, it was like, this kid's going to play college ball up north. This kid's going to play college ball up north and win a couple of national championship. This kid, he's a great quarterback. He ends up playing for the Dodgers. It's not like, it's not like any of these other players were asking me, why are we doing things? They had, they had kind of seen these results and these changes and they just sort of bought right in. And I'll never forget, you wanted to know why we were teaching throwing motion a certain way. And you wanted to, you wanted to be able to like kind of see these DVDs that I had for yourself. Explain sort of that, that, that desire to know why are we doing this and why are we doing things this way? No, that's a great point. I think the the why is super important, especially when you're coaching, because you gotta you need to tell kids why they're gonna put so much effort into something. If you're gonna go to practice three or four days a week, do morning workouts, you need to tell them why we're doing it um, and, and why they're risking so much, especially in high school, all these hours in order to come in early, come into practice, and do things a certain way. And then you mentioned all the quarterbacks before. I mean, 
We've got a guy playing in the majors or almost the majors right now. So I had to come in and I realized right away that I'm not going to out throw him. Um, and so these drills that we were doing, that was kind of my bread and butter to, to work on my technique and try and um, get better in other areas. And, you know, you, you mentioned that you weren't the starter as an underclassman, um, but you bought in to the program. Like once you, once you decided, yeah, I like this, you were all in. And I'll never forget just the look that the other players had on the JV field. Uh, I don't even remember what game it was, but I know we were down. We needed to march down and score. And you looked at Tanner and said, we're going to go do this. And you did. And there was not there was not a soul on the field that doubted that you were about to go do that. Talk talk a little bit about what was that journey like from your perspective coming in? You're the new kid to now you're starting to really develop as a leader. No, absolutely. So my freshman year um, played on the freshman squad the whole time was able to develop a lot of relationships with the other freshmen. That's like the first time we're all one class together, um, at least until varsity. So our senior year and then my sophomore and junior year competed day in and day out for the starting role on varsity. Um, so that was incredibly challenging, just bringing it to every practice, not knowing if you're going to get any snaps at all or you're going to be the starter. Um, so I was fortunate enough to play a few games um, in varsity my sophomore and junior year, but the majority of my time was spent on JV. Um, and so I was able to develop a lot of skills there and, and um, bond with my teammates, definitely on the JV side. And um, just kind of had the attitude, no matter what, we're going to go out there and win. And I think a lot of guys saw that and kind of bought into to what I was bringing out to the team. And, you know, I can tell you just from being in staff meetings that, you know, the head coach was pushing for you all the time to be on the field more because everybody recognized and saw that leadership. It wasn't because you had a stronger arm than the kid in front of you. I mean, the dude got drafted <laughs> no by, the, by the Dodgers. You, your arm was not as strong as his. Mm-hmm. But there was something else. There was that it factor on the field. And no matter what team you were a part of, they were successful and they won football games. Now let's kind of fast forward a little bit here to your senior year. It did not necessarily start off smoothly. Talk us through those those first few weeks. Mm-hmm. So senior year is the first time I had for sure the starting job coming in. Um, you know, the guy ahead of me left and um, this was kind of like the team that I could build on. And we would all come together. So senior year, first few games started off well. We went, I think, 3-0. and And then against Zionsville, so week three, I had an injury to my shoulder. Um, popped it in the middle of the game. Ended up dislocating it, tearing some labrums in there. Went out for a play. Got to pop back in. And then um, we ended up winning the, the rest of the game and came out. Went to the doctor. They said, I, I probably shouldn't play for the next few weeks. So missed the game. Um, and... When I came back, we had HSC, I think, week five. So we're 4-0 at this point. Lose a tough one there by one point. Then the next week, we lose again by one point. So I think the team is starting to look at, do we need to change anything? Um, What's going on? We're in the meat of the season right now. And that's kind of where I try to get everyone to buy in to the program, buy into the team. Um, You know, one-point games are tough, but that's just a play or two that you can change. And, and, you know, all of a sudden there, you're 6-0. So... We had to ramp everything up offensively, and I, I think the team did that. And then next week, we bounced back with a, a one-point win against Avon. So that was definitely a turning point. I'm happy we had those losses in the middle of the season. I think it was a reality check and, and definitely humbling for the rest of the team to realize we had a long way to go. 
And I think that at that point, we thought we were putting in a lot of time and we thought we were working really hard and we thought we had all bought into that, that brotherhood. But I, I feel like, man, after those two back to back one point losses, everything elevated. And, you know, in the, in the coach's room here, we are, you know, we evaluate personnel every single week. There was not a doubt in any of our mind that you were staying on the field at quarterback. Now, that being said, you know, we had just had this, this string of the best quarterbacks that we had had in school history coming down to, to now. You can't really throw a football the normal way anymore. You're like holding your left arm up against your body because you've got torn, you got torn ligaments in your shoulders and you're sort of pushing the football to Mm -hmm. where it needs to get to. But there was just this, this undeniable kind of force around you that it was like, if we can have him on the field, we can win games because the entire rest of the team is bought in and the entire rest of the team thinks, Oh, well, as long as Andy's our quarterback, we're going to win games as a, as a player. Did you see that, recognize that, realize that, or were you sort of just concerned about doing the best you could? What, what did that look like? Um, so you raise a good point. So with the injury, I couldn't really push the ball back, um, you know, with my left hand. So I knew the style of which we had to play would be a little bit different. Um, and I kind of did realize that the team bought in around me and knew that when I was out there, no matter what we were going to, we're going to give it all our own try and win. Um, and I think it comes back to a little bit of a mindset going into the year. So I thought about playing college football and, you know, when you're thinking about playing, you're worried about the scouts, everyone coming to the games and you're worried about your stat line, of course. Yeah. So one thing I kind of told myself and I was able to switch off immediately um, before that senior year was, and I don't care if I throw for 300 yards or 30 yards, it's the wins that matter. And when I let that go, when I was able to let the stat line get out of my mind, I felt like I could play so much more free as a quarterback Mm. because you throw an incompletion. It doesn't matter anymore. You throw a pick. Great. It doesn't matter. We come back on the field. We're just trying to win, trying to get first downs. You simplify the game um, and the rest will take care of itself. Is there a point in your life where like you, you know, looking back, like, like you were just a leader. We're going to talk about it here in a few minutes where, I mean, you're leading in some very high pressure situations. We talk about it all the time with our teams. We said, we had this quarterback, that he might not have been the most talented quarterback, but he got people in line and and people followed him no matter what. Is there a t- like? Is that kind of was that? Were you that way? Like in your little league baseball teams? There's like, or you know, did that just kind of naturally develop because mm-hmm. you came in as a freshman, you didn't know anybody, and it's like, well, I'm just gonna hop in and go. You know, where did that where no, did that come from? Um, you know, I think as a quarterback, you are the field general out on the field. So everyone is looking to you. There are several wide receivers, several linemen. There's only one quarterback. So immediately you've got you've to stand out. I think I've been very blessed um, growing up with Little League and junior high to have mentors, coaches who have kind of instilled those leadership principles into me. And I love, love, love leadership. I'm a firm believer that I would rather take um, – I brought this up to you, Coach. I think I'd rather take an average quarterback who was a great leader rather than a great quarterback – who's an average leader because that great leader is going to bring everyone around them and bring them up to a new level. And as a quarterback, I think that is your first priority is leadership, quarterbacking, the skills, taking care of the ball is just a hair, just a hair below that. Yeah. And I think you, 
you changed the quarterback room because you were in it. You know, we had all these guys that set all these records that would have traded those records and would have traded those stat lines for a ring Mm -hmm. without a doubt, without a question. Talk us through kind of the, that journey through the postseason into the, into the state championship and, you know, ultimately getting that job done. So first few weeks, I think we, we handle our business pretty well. Coming into the postseason, we were focused. Um, this wasn't our first time in the playoffs. And, um, you know, the year before, we suffered an early loss. So everyone was, was pretty focused, um, and we knew what we needed to do at hand. Um, and the state championship was was our goal from the beginning of the year. We would break it down in the huddle with state champs on three. So everyone knew what the vision looked like. Um, we weren't going to win a sectional title. We weren't going there to win a regional title. We were going to win a state championship. So first few weeks went by well. Um, and I want to say we get to regionals and we have Snyder at home. And it's just a terrible day on the field. I mean, the wind's blowing sideways. I think I throw like three passes the whole game. It's pouring down rain. Um, and, and we get down to, I want, is it like 14 to zero, coach? We get down to a early deficit right away. And I remember looking at one of our running backs and just saying, we're not going to lose this game. No matter what, we are not going to lose this game. Um, we make a great play before halftime. So I think we tie it up going into half. Um, the offense is going in there pr- feeling pretty confident. And I think the coaches are outside. And, you know, we're all just saying, no matter what, we're, we're going to win. We are not losing this game. I didn't think we needed to hear um, any adjustments from the coaches. We just we got our act together right there and came out in the second half and um, was able to take care of business. And and I'll never forget, you know, in that game, top to bottom, they had so much better players mm-hmm. than us. I mean, if we would have got together and played some pickup basketball, would have been ugly. We we <laughs> might have got shut out. Like we got we would have got steamrolled. But that didn't matter because no matter how good any of their individuals were, with our guys playing together, we were better as a team than what mm-hmm. they were. And, you know, that kid that was, you know, going to Penn State as a returner who was an unbelievable athlete, we held him to to single-digit punt return yards. I mean, that wasn't, that wasn't any one person. That was collectively the entire team deciding we are all going to go as hard as we can and rally and corral to the football and get the job done. And rain is the great equalizer. It's so. very true. Sloppy field, wet conditions. Um, it really brought out the best of us. And I think that's where having that close knit 40 seniors and the rest of the team buying in really paid off. Talk to us then about that that following week. So state championship then, um, going to Lucas Oil. We play Columbus East. Once again in the in the weeks leading up or the week leading up in practice, there was just there wasn't a doubt that we were going to win. I, I just, I never thought about losing. I don't think anyone out there thought it was an option. It was only, we're going to win. Um, and the question is by how much now um, give it to Columbus East. Cause they had a great game plan and they had a great team that year. Um, and, and they really brought it to us in the state championship. And we, we were lucky to kind of muscle out a win there. And it was definitely another full team effort performance in every facet of the game. And, Will Big Will kicker mm-hmm. set the set the state no record kidding. for for longest field goal in a state championship game. I believe had nine points from field goals. I mean, it was it was literally the entire team, the offense, the defense, the special teams came together. Everybody got their job done, and 
walked out mm -hmm. with with rings and holding that trophy high. So you've now decided I'm not playing college football. Correct. I'm heading down to IU, but you're still this unbelievable leader. Talk us through the next steps. So um, had a few offers after high school and and kind of just decided that I wanted to go a, a different route. Um, the goal was to win a state championship, and, and I felt coming away after that 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 was the best team that I had been on, that I had been a part of. It was an unbelievable experience, um, and I had accomplished you know everything within football at that time that I that I wanted to accomplish. So I felt I felt no remorse um, in, in kind of walking away at that time. Went down to to college at IU and had a great um, freshman year down there, but I I wanted more. I felt like I was called to do more with the leadership experience that that I was given, um, and I looked into joining the Marine Corps as an officer, and so. Um, I explored that route and went to what's called officer candidate school for the Marine Corps. So where they take 300 individuals um, and they train, screen and evaluate them. It's a selection process on their aptitude um, and leadership ability to lead Marines in combat. So I went there between my uh, freshman and sophomore year and my the summer between my sophomore and junior. So two consecutive summers and was able to pass um, that selection process and um, receive a commission as a lieutenant in the Marine Corps. So that is my job right now. What did that, what did that look like? Was that like, I, I envision like a questionnaire, but I imagine you had like put in different situations to see how each of you responded. Could you give like some examples Absolutely. of what that looked like? Um, have you seen a uh, full metal jacket at all? Okay. Oh, so like it, it's a mixture between boot camp on the enlisted side and a leadership course is the best way I can describe it. So they, they will break you down definitely um, and, and build you back up at the same time they're evaluating if you have leadership potential. So we'll, we'll go out into the field for days at a time, which is um, like a field exercise. So you'll be in the forest or, or a different environment and you'll be handed a task and you'll have to do that task with the squad of Marines. And this whole time they're grading you on one, how well you can develop a plan to accomplish that task, whether it's find a down pilot, um, locate and close with and destroy the enemy in the open, and then how well you can articulate that plan to your Marines. So tell them the why. Why are you risking your life to go do one of these missions? And then during the mission, how well you lead them and make decisions on the fly. So a lot of the, the traits that I had developed in football and, and the years previous to the Marine Corps are, you know, a perfect transition into the traits that I use in the Marine Corps every day. Yeah. I hear you mention the why, and that's kind of where we started with this podcast, is you asking Ben, why are we doing these drills? Like, what's the purpose of doing this drill as a quarterback? And this is when you're 15 years mm -hmm. old, and now you're kind of seeing it go full circle to where now you are, are leading people in a much larger situation than, than a quarterback Absolutely. drill. Um, why why are we going to to um, take this route mm -hmm. to you know find locate a pilot or whatever? So it's pretty cool to see kind of how that all it all is just coming together. It is it is and, and granted um, you know in the military you have it's a lot riskier right. So your your why is why you're willing to risk your life for this, but at the same time in in, in sports why are you willing to put the hours in to practice this one drill? Why are, why are you coming in early? for practice. You have to give everyone a vision um, 
and their why so that when it gets tough, they can fall back on that. So tell us a little bit about you know being selected as honor man from officer candidate school. So the honor man um, out of 200 and, and semi that finished. So I think we had like a 30% attrition rate, three or 40%. The honor man is voted by um, their peers and then graded by the staff there. So the full-time staff of Marines as um, the number one officer candidate to come out of officer candidate school. So it's graded on leadership, academics, and physical fitness. So um, I was fortunate enough in all three, three of these apps facets um to finish first congratulations on that that's awesome that's that's incredible that's 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 no surprise either um just knowing who you are and the kind of man you are so you're you're now basically at officer candidate school with the best of the best like all of the other Andy Sweets from their school who are the best leader that's ever gone through, who have gotten guys to buy into a vision and led the way to go, you know, be that torchbearer and go do incredible things. What's the what's that like? Like is is there any kind of intimidation factor knowing that, you know, you're now surrounded with the best of the best? Or is it just kind of you know what the goal is, you know what that vision is out in front of you and you just keep on marching on? I think it was a humbling experience um, getting the officer candidate school because now you're on day one again. It's just like showing up to a new team. Um, you're day one with these instructors who've been in the Marine Corps for 15 and 20 years, and they're there to evaluate you. And if they don't think you have what it takes, they'll throw you out the next day. Um, and so you have to prove it every single day why you deserve to be there. Um, so it's incredibly hum- humbling, but at the same time, what a growth opportunity. Um, the skills that I've learned there, the leadership traits and, and the experiences that I've had have continued to mold me um, and develop me as a leader and as a man. So um, it was just a wonderful experience. And you grow a ton as a person there. Thinking back to, you know, we, we've got some we've got some younger listeners who tune in on this show. One of the things we always ask our guests, knowing what you know now. If you could go back and coach a, a younger version of yourself, you know, a, a little league football player, what are the what are the main things that you would pull out and really make sure that you emphasized to that younger you? I would say t- to develop relationships with your teammates, because that is the foundation of leadership. Um, you need to to understand your teammates why become friends with them. You're going to be spending the next, you know, however many months on the football season or the football field with them. And then however many years in high school with them. So develop relationships with those teammates and then accept the fact that you will have a ton of adversity. So whether that's not really starting a game until your senior year in high school, um, or, or competing every single day to be a quarterback out there with a guy who's almost in the majors right now. So, um, and I, I think that goes for every athlete out there. Even if you start as a, a sophomore or junior, you're going to have a ton of adversity and it, and it shows your character. So just accept the fact that adversity will help you grow and that it's a good thing, not a bad. And last question, Andy, what advice would you have, you know, for the, for the coaches that are really trying to make an impact in the lives of these young men and women that they're coaching? Show them their why. Um, I know we talked about it a lot in the podcast, but show them a reason why they're working so hard. So um, give them a vision. And I think when the players buy into a vision, they understand the why of the coach, the why of the program, they'll be able to perform um, and execute a lot better on and off the field. 
I see a lot, Andy. I see a lot of correlation, but from your your journey as a quarterback, and now your journey that you're taking within your occupation and your life, uh, from from wanting to know the why, like we talked about, you talking about uh, entering a room. Uh, with some very high-profile quarterbacks within, uh, you know, within our um, program history, to now you're entering into uh, a field with all these top Marines, like you're talking about. Lots of correlations um, that go through there, and to see, you know, your high school career end at the the climax of winning the state championship. What would be like? What's your ultimate end goal that would be to come out of this um, this choice you're making here with joining the Marines? That's a great question. Um, I think we have to look at results a lot differently with the Marine Corps than we do on the football field. So um, the end goal as an officer is to to lead my men effectively, um, whether that in peacetime or in combat, and to gain their trust. So um, with that being said, I still think it takes the the same leadership skills that it does to to win on the football field. You have to build trust with them. You have to show them a vision understand, make them understand why they're doing things a certain way um, and exhibit those leadership principles that you do on the football field. Andy, uh, I'll be honest, none of this is a surprise to me, just knowing the kind of man that you are, the kind of character you have, the hard work that you have. There's no surprise that in a room full of the top the best leaders that our, that our country has that that you were selected as that. Um, and I, I have no doubt that you're going to do incredible things throughout your career. So thank you so much for stopping by, taking the time to chat with us this morning. We really appreciate it and wish you the best of luck moving forward. Appreciate that, Coach. Thank you. You want to wrap it up? Yep. Anything else to add? No, no. that was awesome. If you could share this, because we know that you personally or you know somebody that uh, is a leader or trying to become into a leadership role, or maybe you've entered into something new that you don't feel comfortable with, there, there's lots of stuff here from Andy that you can correlate into your life. And I know that Andy would appreciate you sharing this because... Andy's girlfriend, Kaylin Henderson, may or may not be the top most downloaded podcast episode right now. And just knowing these two, I'm, I'm sure that there's no competitiveness between the two of them. But I know Andy would appreciate you sharing this. <laughs> and until next time, make your plan and put it to work. <laughs>